Coming up, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this could happen to me, plucked from obscurity or whatever I was working to be. But the opportunity presented itself, so I see the door was open. It's the breath of fresh air that I needed. Just an average dude, and now I've become a catalyst. Make connection between fighters and fans. Can you imagine it? I've learned to manage it. Analyst analysis, study the sport in every point because I'm passionate. I play the advocate and sometimes the antagonist. Building up the hype before a fight, this ain't by accident. In the world of mixed martial arts, I'm the evangelist spreading the news of MMA, the number one candidate. Calibrate levels of greatness, that's when we collaborate. Mikey Ruckus, Jeremy Brandis, we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans and it's magnanimous. Jury's out decision and yes, it's unanimous. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, Welcome sucker back radio. to another episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. I'm your host, Jeremy Brand, and we've got an awesome show for you today. Um, I will be talking with Nam Fan, who's recently signed with Bellator. He'll be taking on Mike Richmond at Bellator 131 uh, in, a, in about a week's time, uh, the same night as UFC and World Series of Fighting. I will be chatting with him about that matchup. And uh, everything going on with Nam Fan. Justin Pirro will also stop by to give his unpopular opinions. As always, these things are good. They're nitty-gritty. Um, he talks about a few things that have gone in the sport of MMA. They should be good. Uh, up first, I'll be joined by the man himself, Uncle Creepy, Ian McCall, who's headed to Brazil. He's actually in Brazil already. He missed his flight originally. And he's now made it to Brazil to take on John Lineker, who's known to miss weight. But whatever. This flyweight matchup is likely a number one contender matchup to see who will take on Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson for the 125-pound title later, um, probably early next year. This is Fight Week. It is uh, UFC Fight Night 55. And UFC Fight Night 56, I believe. Um, this weekend, we've got on Friday night, it's not really a doubleheader. People are calling it a doubleheader. But on Friday night, we've got three MMA events. We've got 1FC 22 Battle of Lions in Singapore. We've got RFA 20 in Colorado. And we've got UFC Fight Night 55 in Sydney, Australia. Rockhold versus Bisping. This one is going to be a fun one. Um, these two guys looking to climb the ranks in the middleweight division. It's going to be a five-round middleweight war. These guys have... It sort of bugs me a little bit that this one isn't getting as much, you know, hype as it should. It's These two have bickered. They've um, trash-talked. They've done it all. They've had a conference call with the media, but for some reason it's just not pumping up the way I thought it would. And then Saturday, which is, we said it was a doubleheader, but Saturday evening we've got in North America, UFC Fight Night 56, Mauricio Shogun Hua taking on Ovince OSP St. Pru. Um, this one was supposed to be Shogun versus Jimmy Manoa. Manoa pulled out due to injury, and Ovince St. Pru taking his spot. So that one's in Brazil, Uberlandia. As we said, co-main event 
Ian McCall versus John Lineker for the flyweight uh, number one contendership. Excellent weekend for fights. One thing I want to talk to you guys about before getting to my first guest is last week I mentioned the UFC said, the time is now, and uh, all this stuff, you know. We got this email saying that we would find out this huge announcement that they were going to be making on November 17th. Well, we found out what that announcement is, sort of. Um, Today, the press got an email stating that it will be the largest, um, pretty much, fan um, event put onto the public in UFC history. It's taking place at the Smith Center for Performing Arts in Las Vegas. It'll be at 2 p.m. Pacific Time on Monday, November 17th, which is right after UFC 180. And uh, it will feature the likes of... John Jones, Ronda Rousey, Chris Weidman, Anderson Silva, Conor McGregor, Leota Machida, Nick Diaz, and a bunch of other talented UFC fighters. These guys are going to be there, and they're going to be talking with the fans, I guess. Another thing that they're going to do is announce the entire 2015 UFC calendar, which I think is cool. That itself is a very big announcement. I like that. They're going to tell us all the dates for next year. Might take a while, but they're going to tell us all of the dates. Um, We're going to find out what's happening in Canada. We're going to find out what's happening in Brazil, and they will tell us all those dates. That itself is cool. They have, again, said there will be making a very special announcement. Do we know what it is? No. That's why it's special. It's going to be, you know, people, rumors are going to be swirling. And uh, the one rumor that I heard swirling today is that it's going to be uniforms. Who knows? I don't. I've heard a buddy of mine said, maybe it's Chill Sonnen coming back. I don't know about that. I highly doubt it. But that's that. November 17th, it will be streamed live. More than likely on MMASucka.com, you can check it out. But that's what's happening. A bunch of stars, a bunch of UFC stars converging in Las Vegas along with UFC President Dana White to talk about a bunch of upcoming events. Pretty cool. You know what else is pretty cool? This show. So let's get to my first guest, Uncle Creepy Ian McCall, right after this. This guy is fighting in Uberlandia, Brazil, this Saturday against John Lineker. Please welcome one of our favorite guests, Uncle Creepy himself, Ian McCall. Ian, thanks for joining me today, man. No worries, man. Anytime. Now, we were texting last night, late last night, and you told me you missed your first flight to Brazil and didn't get in until <laughs> what's coincidentally uber late. Um, why the missed flight? Well, no, I missed my last flight. <laughs> I uh, Because TSA people are... I mean, like, at first, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's a language barrier. You know, you just don't speak the language. Well, there was a family of Brazilian, you know, a Brazilian family in front of us that got bad information too and they were they weren't so happy with this guy so basically we we showed him the paperwork he made it sit in this line for two hours and then i realized what time it was and then we got to the front and like oh wrong line go upstairs we went upstairs and like oh your flight's already gone so we yeah (laughs) (laughs) and we had to we we had to take an extra flight to bella hodizanche and just it, it was it added an extra like ten hours to our day. Jeez, with this fight, it, I mean, this will be your second time out of your last three fights fighting in Brazil. 
Um, do you like this or, or does it get a tad bit out of your comfort zone? Uh, you know, is it a good thing to fight outside of the United States? It's definitely out of my comfort zone. Um, it sucks, you know, but it is what it is. You know, I just kind of chalk it up as it's part of my job and just learn to laugh about it. Laughing. <laughs> One thing that's not laughable is is the flyweight division right now. I heard you on the MMA Hour last week um, and saying no one cares about the flyweight division and, and even comparing champion Demetrius Johnson to your coffee mug. Um, I thought about this a little bit over the week, and do you not put as much blame on the UFC for not promoting your division, your division's bouts as much as, say, the heavyweights or the middleweights or, or other weight classes? Oh, of course. It, a lot of it falls on them. They don't really, you know, they don't promote us. But you have to be promotable to have them promote you. And, you know, back to the coffee mug, you know, he's not very promotable. Wait, so. <laughs> and, and you are, that's the thing though, you are promotable. And as, as they said on the, the MMA hour as well, this is the co-main event, but you're not getting pushed as the co-main event. No, uh, it's really confusing. It's a weird paradox we're in here. <laughs> I mean, it definitely sucks, but it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a confusing situation. Does it, it pisses you off? Of course. <laughs> now, you also spoke about the women getting more promotion than you and, and that you're twice the fighter as them. Do you honestly think that you could beat any of the female talent that's in the UFC? That's not a question. I mean, they're women. <laughs> like, I guess on. it is I a mean, question. We, I mean, we, we, some of them are women, I guess. I mean, <laughs> Ronda Rousey's Rousey saying Cyborg is not much of a woman. Well, you know, that that's a... It's a slippery slope when you talk about fighting women, um, but like it, it's it's just like I mean you can bring, bring you can bring it down to like physics and science like you know it's it's not a good matchup. Let's just put it that way. There you go. Like <laughs> like for me to go up and for me to have to go up and wait and to fight <clears throat> to fight like you know a Ronda Rousey or something that's it's not even comparable. You know they're you know, look at the Olympics, look at you know, every single other sport on the planet. Like, men are just more athletic. You know, it's 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 our, it's our genetic makeup, and I'm not being a dick. You know, it's just it's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Your upcoming opponent, John Lineker, obviously has missed, has had a really tough time making weight in his outings, not just once or twice, but three, three or four times. Does this bother you, or is or is it just another fight? It's just another fight, you know. He's a dangerous opponent, and I'm going to keep rem reminding him that, you know, he sucks at cutting weight and that he, you know, looks like looks like a monkey version of Kermit the Frog and he can't throw punches in, in, a, in a direct, you know, correlating line from point A to point B. Um, but that's just me being a dick, and that's just having fun with it. You know, it's it's part of my job to stir up trouble. When you know when when you when UFC comes calling and goes, uh, we haven't sold any tickets. Can you can you cause some trouble? I'm like okay. <laughs> Are you surprised though that this guy, having not made weight so many times, that he's still employed by the UFC? No, because you know we're in such a such a silly weight class. You know, it's like, and he's good. You know, when he does actually fight, he's putting people to sleep or putting people. You know, um, take them out. So it, it's. 
it's a it's a it's a funny spot he's in because you know he he's he's very old Brazilish. You know, like he he perfect example of old school Brazil fighting. You know, he he just the way he fights. Minus the jujitsu thing, I don't even know if he knows what jujitsu is, but um, <laughs> I believe he's a blue belt. So <laughs> uh, good good for him. That's cute. Being Brazilian, you'd think he'd be higher than a blue belt. Yeah, but I mean, I'm only a purple belt, and you see what I do to other purple belts, like Brad Pickett. You know, like true. It's you know, it's it's, it's it, it it doesn't come down to. Uh, I don't. It's it's tough because I don't put a gi on enough, and I haven't earned my my brown belts or my black belt. You know, uh, um, the proper way. You know, like my coach is very proper. That's how you do it. He could be incredible at jujitsu. Um, he's not, but he could be. You know, I'm just saying, to, making an example. But uh, you know, it's he's you know got got a subpar jujitsu and subpar wrestling, but he makes up for it in this you know pretty hard punches he throws. So, in your mind, how do you how do you visualize this fight playing out? <clears throat> Uh, a bunch of swinging and a bunch of missing and then a bunch of me hitting him. Um, and if he doesn't topple over after that, then I'm going to put him on his back and kind of, you know, show the world how good my ground and pound really is. Because I, I haven't shown it. Every time I do put someone on the back or I'm like, um, I've just embarrassed everybody. But I don't do it enough, you know, especially in a fight like this. I need to get it over with because I could very well not get a title shot after this. I could very well get swept under the rug and have to fight whoever. So I just need to go out there, get my job done, go home, you know, see my family and wait for the call for that fight. So does that put a, a, a bit of more pressure on you to actually finish this guy? Oh, of course. No, I haven't finished it, but I've seen it. For sure. Yeah. It is embarrassing. And you talk about ground and pound. You talk about getting a guy on their back. I mean, you had Demetrius flat on his face and you were pounding him out. When you get this victory, a third fight between you and Demetrius should be in place. Um, I saw you put on the Sherdog forums, or someone put on the Sherdog forums, the gif of you pounding Demetrius out there. Uh, what would you do differently in that outing other than obviously winning? Um, I, you know, I like to blame it on Dana. Um, he gave me some cheesy pre-fight speech to hype me up to, you know, not be a flash in the pan and, and to, uh, you know, impress the world. And I just, you know, want to use it as an excuse cause it was my own fault <laughs> for not just, for not just finishing him. But, you know, I was just trying to have a good time and apparently me having a good time doesn't mean me winning. So I need to go out there and, and just try to hurt somebody. Now, Demetrius has been such a dominant champ since that last outing with him that, that you fought. Um, what's the motivation that keeps driving you in the face of such an obstacle? Obviously the belt, but what other things? Oh, I mean, money. <laughs> I, I, I have mouths to feed, you know, and I don't... I, uh, we're all underpaid, but I, I don't have a real job. I, I get to travel the world and get in, you know, fist fights for a living, so it's... It's cool, you know. I enjoy it, but realistically, I need to make some money and save up, and you know, think about you know other stuff like my life. <laughs> you know, I need to, you need to have you know be financially secure in life. Uh, realistically, if you want to 
you know, move on, especially after fighting. You know, so the more I can win, the more money I can make, and you know, business opportunity to make for myself. It's, uh, you know, that's a plus. Do you have a plan for after fighting? Not a concrete one. You know, there's a lot of ideas, but nothing's nothing set in stone. I'm not gonna rush into it. I'm just gonna keep plugging away at this and see if I can, you know, build a legacy, get a title, something, you know, stuff like that. Now, the last time MMA Suck a Chat with you was an interview done by the fantastic Rick Lee, and you broke the news of your divorce back then, but judging by your social media as of late, you have someone very special in your life at the moment, and you seem to be happier than ever. Um, but you told me you're always grumpy, so uh, does this make life and everything else in your life that much easier, having this special person in your life? Oh, of course. You know, I, that's like my lawyer always says, you know, well, you married her, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, and that was just a, a bit of a hiccup in my life. Um, but yeah, no, it's just a better, a better place with better people and all around, uh, just better. I'm just happier. You know, the people around me are happier because the situations that I project on everyone else, you know, how's your, uh, little one doing? She's doing good. You know, she's back at home. I'm sure just being a three-year-old girl, you know, bossing everybody around, just having a great time. (laughs) Finally, I have to talk about the mustache. It's really taken on a life of its own. It's on your t-shirts. People are trying to grow theirs just like you. Um, We are in the month of November, so what exactly do you think of Movember and this movement? Are these people that are growing their mustaches out just for the month posers, or, or is it a proper celebration of the facial hair? Oh, it's a proper celebration, you know, and people always bring it up. Well, I, obviously, I, I've had a mustache for like five years now, um, but I didn't shave my beard purely as an excuse not to shave my beard um, and use November, and then my girlfriend said it looks sexy, so <laughs> I'm just I'm just being lazy because everything else in my life is so <laughs> is pushing so hard that I, I, I do have a full beard now. And the mustache. There you go. He is Ian McCall. He'll take on John Lineker for number one contender status, hopefully in the UFC's flyweight division this Saturday night, live on UFC Fight Pass. Good luck, buddy, and uh, just shout out any of your sponsors and friends if you want to right now. Thank you. I have uh, Layrite, which is a which is the greatest hair product ever. Um, they're the ones that make me look so handsome. <laughs> I have Dynamic Fastener, Affliction, Hookah John. Um, you know, th- these are the tools that kind of set me apart from the rest. And, uh, you know, it- it- it's these are the-, the-, the people that are, you know, pushing me and, and they're paying me. So it's always a plus. <laughs> it's nice to have people want to pay you to be awesome. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Thanks a bunch, Ian. It's always a blast having you on the show and have fun this Saturday night, man. I will. Always do. Ian McCall sounding relaxed as ever in uh, Uberlandia, Brazil. What a name, Uberlandia. Sounds like some sort of fictitious uh, country in a land far, far away. Um, Good luck to him against John Lineker this Saturday in Brazil. Hopefully uh, we find out a true number one contender with this one. So good luck to him. And right after this, we'll be chatting with my next guest. No, we won't be chatting but Justin Pirot will be chatting about some unpopular opinions.
Hello everybody, once again, it's me, Justin Pirro, back here for more Unpopular Opinions on Sucker Radio here at MMASucker.com. So, those of you with Fight Pass, did you watch Invicta on Saturday? Yeah, me too. It was not the best card in the promotion's history, and if you are an honest MMA fan and not one of those slightly creepy white knight w mma only fans you have to admit it wasn't a good card it was not the best one invicta has put on yes there were some decent fights but there were some that really shouldn't have been on the broadcast there was some boring fights and that's gonna happen eventually Invicta just has to roll with the punches and cut some dead weight, which they finally did. They finally cut some dead weight when they cut Misha Tate's little hanger on uh, Nick DeLee Rivera Kalanok, who, if you saw my online scoring, lost that fight by a ridiculous margin. Uh, yeah, Jody Esquibel destroyed her. And I actually gave that fight to Esquivel, uh, 30-25. That's right. I am a harsh judge. I am a harsh judge for fighters who are pretty much not doing anything but backpedaling. You know, this isn't like Condit versus Diaz where there was a strategy and there were strikes getting thrown. This was a woman backing up and backing up and throwing the odd, and trying to throw counter punches and not connecting. So... Back to the drawing board. And as Invicta wished her, good luck in her future endeavors. And now we've got a double fight weekend coming up. We've got UFC Australia in Sydney, main evented by Luke Rockhold and Michael the Count Bisping, whom Jeremy and I will never, ever agree on. And then after that, November 8th, we've got UFC Fight Night Shogun versus St. Prue with Mauricio Shogun Hua taking on late replacement Ovin St. Pro, who... <sighs> it's not going to end well for Shogun either way, unless he can get through St. Pru quickly. And, you know, the last guy to TKO Ovin St. Pru was uh, Virgil Zwicker back in 2009 for TCC. I'm going to guess that was not a great performance, considering that was within his first calendar year of a career. Actually, it was quite just, it was 364 days, actually, of his from his first professional fight. But I digress. The problem is, St. Peru is an explosive, powerful athlete who can take Hua down and ha- and if he tightens up his striking, could knock him out. St. Peru has a lot of raw power, and if he figured out proper striking technique, he could really bring that to bear a lot better. And... I just, I think, I think Shogun Hua should have retired after the second loss to Dan Henderson, but he won't listen to me. Why would he listen to me? I'm just some guy on the internet. He won't even listen to his wife and mother about retiring. That guy's got, that's a sure side right there, brain damage. If your wife 
and your mother aren't happy with your continuing career choices, you might want to reconsider it. Because if you don't have a happy wife, you're not having a happy life. And if he's going to the gym to escape his wife, he's doing it wrong. So, that's what I have to say about that. And going back to UFC Rockhold versus Bisping, which will be a fine little fight. And I got Rockhold on that one. We're going to see Soa Palele taking on Walt Harris. And call me crazy, but I hope we get another Palele win and more Soa karaoke. And uh, one last thing before we uh, go to the partings here. If you're curious as to uh, what that song is at the very beginning of Unpopular Opinions, that's Fucking Fierce So What by Wormrot, grindcore from Singapore, where our very own Thanesh John is training for his first MMA fight, and I am stoked for this. Thanesh is going to crush, I think. Anyways, if you got complaints, if you've got grievances, hit me up on Twitter at StormlandBrand, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Stormland. Hey, if you want to go and say, dude, I see you do this music thing. SoundCloud.com slash Stormland Canada. I just put something up there that I submitted for another podcast. Let me know what you think. All right, back to you, Jeremy. There you have it, Justin's unpopular opinions. Thank you, as always. Um, I'm not going to talk too much. I'm going to get right into my next guest, Bellator 131's Nam fan coming up right after this. <laughs> this guy is set to take on Mike Richmond in his Bellator debut at Bellator 131, Saturday, November 15th. Please welcome Nam fan back to Sucker Radio. Thanks for joining me today, Nam. I think you're having me, guys. Always a pleasure to be back. Now, before we get to your fight, I know how much you love Steven Seagal. And I saw that you posted on Facebook about him working with Daniel Cormier. My guess is your stance on the guy has not changed. <laughs> has anyone's stance, has, has anyone opinion changed about that guy? Come on, seriously. Come on. <laughs> is it just me? Am I going crazy? Come on, am I crazy? People I, seem I, to I love the guy, worry. man. People seem to love him. I don't mind him. In the 90s, when, uh, when he was watching as a kid in the movies, he was, it's pretty fun. I, oh, man, he's cool. You know, but then uh, let's, not, let's, let's, not, you know, let's not lie and act like you invented martial arts, all right? And, like, you see all these guys, you're the reason why they're champions. Like, get out of here. So I'm you guessing, stupid. I, <laughs> I'm guessing you think that his photo with Cormier was a joke. Man, I hope it's Photoshop. It's got to be fake, you know? <laughs> Yeah, because he would be a hindrance on his training, correct? Yes. I, I, uh, or, you know, maybe Dan just brought him in, you know, for some laughs or something. I don't know. Is it cracking jokes? <laughs> now, earlier this year, you were released by the UFC after losing three in a row. I'm sure it wasn't a surprise to you, the, the, the release itself, but it was fairly quiet. Um, what was your mindset like at that point? Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I think, I think uh, I'm not sure why a lot of UFC fighters or uh, ex UFC fighters, I think, the uh, kind of broadcast it and like kind of let everybody know, um, um, let everybody know that he got cut. I think want like sympathy or something. I didn't really care. I just wanted, to, okay, I got cut, and I like, let's move on. You know, I didn't, I didn't really anyone feel sorry for me or 
me any sympathy or pity from anyone. I just want to, okay, let's uh, continue with my life. Did, I, I, I know you're not old by any means, but you are a veteran of the sport. Did retirement ever run through your head at that point? You know what? Yeah, yeah definitely. I was like, man, this sucks. Two, two losses in a row, you know, that sucks. But now, like, I'm 31. <laughs> I know, but but in the sport of MMA, 31, you have some serious fight years under your under your belt, correct? Yeah, I do. I, I, I to me, in my humble opinion, I, think I got some. Uh, I, I got a lot of I, I got a lot of wear and tear on my body. But um, you know, I, I know I'm. In, I, I I eat clean and I feel good. I train. I, I still feel pretty young. So I'm just gonna try to like, max out my youth until I can. You know, I, I can't train anymore. Or, you know, I I'm not, I can't keep up. I can't I can't fight anymore. You know, I don't want to take much damage. You know, I'll do my the best I can to be intelligent about it. So I guess once you do retire, you can bring out your inner Steven Seagal and and you know train these guys to be champions. Um. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I'll train to be champion. I just let them know that I invented that move. <laughs> no yeah. kidding. Now you took. Just four months off after the release, got right back in there at Grand Slam MMA in Japan. You took home the TKO victory. Was it your goal to get back to fighting as soon as possible? Yeah, you know, I I think to me, like, you know, uh, you come to the UFC, like, uh, how you say, like, uh, getting dumped by your girlfriend or something like that, you know, there's nothing uh, ever too pleasant, but I don't think it's, you know, healthy to go sorry for yourself. Just, uh, I think it's good to, uh, you know, just dwell on what, what's what's going on and just uh, accept accept it and just really move on, you know? For sure. You then followed up on that victory with a slick little rear naked choke also in Japan at Pancrase. Um what was it like returning to Japan to fight for the first time since two thousand nine? I felt great, you know, I love Japan because I know I, I have family back over there and uh you know, so it's always good to go over there for business and um to visit friends and family over there too. It's great. And two first-round victories must have been nice because it's also, not to harp on anything, but it's also the first time that that's happened since 2010. Uh, how good did it feel to finish these guys early? Finish is always good, and early is even better. You know, I, I just want to, if I can get in there, I think everybody wants to get in, get out as soon as possible with the least injury as possible. You know, so that's always um, what I, I want to get to get done in the fight. Just get there, finish, go home. You know. No pain. <laughs> exactly. So two victories, two um, finishes. You then got signed by Bellator, which is awesome. Scott Coker now at the helm. Um, what went through your mind when you found out you got signed by another major organization? Yeah, it was good. You know, um, you know, um, if I fight, I want to, you know, get paid pretty decent. Uh, get pretty, you want to get paid the most you can, doing what you love, right? So, um, if I, you know. Going to if I want to get signed by a bigger organization, I wouldn't get signed by with a zero and three, uh, like a, a three fight losing streak. So I just figure I need to do my best to record some wins. And um, yeah, basically get a call. They said they come to San Diego and you want me to be on the card. Nice, that's awesome. Uh, and 